You're listening to Self Worst. This is a podcast about failure, day jobs, bad habits, mental health, and the fleeting sense of sanity, worth, and dignity that we all chase under capitalism. We talk about trauma, we talk about art, we talk about spiritualism, imposter syndrome, perfectionism, meritocracy, and mediocrity. Each week, artists, designers, losers, dirtbags, musicians, degenerates, comedians, actors, fuck-ups, scholars, crazies, filmmakers, veterans, sluts, commies, weirdos, activists, addicts, teachers, fatties, queers, and all other types of beautiful people join me, Brad Pearson, just a regular guy, I cannot stress this enough, who is not a doctor or an expert on anything, in a discussion of what to do with this stupid sacred life are you blessed or are you cursed with a strong imagination and a spiritual thirst do you want to confide about the darkness inside come and talk about it on self-worst hello hi everybody welcome to the show I am Brad Pearson. I'm the guy running the show. I'm the man. I'm the dude. I'm the boy. How you feeling, everybody? I am pretty tired. I woke up at about 5 o'clock this morning. Uh, could not get back to sleep. It's still pretty early. This is this is the habit I've been doing lately. I, I, I record at night, and then the next morning, I get so excited, and I just wake up with the sun. And I'm ready to edit. I'm ready to uh, record the intro, outro. It's morning time. All I've been doing is pacing around in my kitchen, eating Oreos for breakfast. Um, I'm on the double stuff right now. Uh, It's just, that's where I'm at, Oreo-wise. Currently, there was a two-for-one at CVS, so I picked some up. So this week, we're talking to Will Winner. He's a comedian here in New York City. Uh, he is on the show, on the podcast, uh, The Good, The Dad, and The Ugly, with former guest, friend of the show, Casey James Salengo. Uh, so you might have heard him there. He also runs a, uh, a show at Littlefield every Monday uh, called The Big Weird, which is really great. It's in Gowanus. Check it out. Uh, it's a fun show. Um, and he's just a, he's a funny, just super sweet guy. Just a really, uh, we had a great talk. I get nervous about, uh, you know, approaching people, uh, talking to people, uh, feeling like I'm, you know, uh, a fraud and an interloper and, uh, an imposter all the time. And he was just so fucking just like, yo, what's up? I'm a welcoming guy. I'm a warm dude and you're valid and you can talk to me. Cool ass dude. And it's a, it's a good talk. We talk a lot about masculinity. It's a very masculine conversation we're going to have. By the way, um, I am aware that my guest roster, my lineup past few weeks, there's been a lot of dudes. It's been pretty uh, dudes rocky. It's been a lot, of, a lot of white bros that I know. It's been, it's just sort of how it's stacked up lately. Um, had some time-sensitive ones, movies coming out. Had to get them out at a certain time. I know. Don't worry. I got, I got other people 
uh, types of people coming through. I don't think anybody's actually worried. Um, you know, I am uh, uh, neurotic that I'm not, uh, you know, putting the right people uh, on this show. Enough, enough of the right people. I wanna, I wanna be a good boy. I, look at me, virtue signaling. I'm a good boy. I, I, I'm an ally. Anyway, uh, it's Broy. We talk about working out and shit. We talk about pecs. That comes up. We do talk about dicks. I want to forewarn you. It, it comes up. We don't linger on it. But, you know, it, it, it comes up. I feel like there's a tasteful amount of penis talk on this show. It's not all the time, but it's sometimes. It's near the end of the interview. I don't know, trigger warning, I guess. Oops. I hope that there's some sicko who hears me announce that we talk about penises during this interview and he just skips right to that part. He's like, yeah, let me get to that. That's, I hope that we get to that. I don't know. But it's a very, he's he's just so, he's so positive. And uh, I, I, I am still feeling really good from just talking to the guy like 12 hours ago now. Isn't that great? Been trying to put myself in a in just a, a actively more positive mood lately. Just trying that on for size. Just like forcing myself to think good thoughts, uh, or, or to at least like say good things out loud. You know, count my blessings as it were. Gratitude exercises. Um, and uh. And just and just not put out such a negative vibe. We were at a a, a cookout, a, a a Memorial Day thing last week, and our friend Mary Dorn, uh, she's a great photographer. Check her out on Instagram, by the way, Mary Dorn photo. Uh, I want her on the show. Come on the show, Mary. Come on the show. Um, but she took some photos of us, and we and she just posted them last night, and we were looking through them. And, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's hard because I, I think Caitlin and I, we both have, we're, we're very, I don't know, uncomfortable or insecure about our, uh, photos being taken. And I was sitting next to Caitlin. I was showing her all these photos and she just looks great in all of them. And she just kept talking about how, how bad she looks. And it just made me so, it just made me feel so bad. Made me feel, you know, sad. And uh, I was looking at the photos of myself and I was thinking the same thing. And I, I posted one of them and I purposely didn't want to caption it with something that was like a joke about how, how, how shitty I look. Because I want to lead by example now. You know what I mean? I can think it. I can be very aware of my big old fucking forehead. My forehead, I mean, like, I look like a white Klingon, bro. I look, my forehead has corners. But I don't want to go on about it. You know what? I don't want to fucking linger on it. I think we all know. You see me. It's the first thing you see. My, it, it, my gleaming forehead catches the sun as I walk over the hill to come say hi to you. You Like, you'll notice. I don't need to point it out. 
And it's a thing that most people just accept. Well, nobody looks absolutely perfect. Some people, well, some people do. And they're weird. It's gross. It's not human. So, I hope, you know, you, you know that. That's, that's my message for the intro for the show for this week. Is just uh, know that, I don't know. Nobody sees your little physical flaws as much as you do. If they're even visible to them at all, they don't really care. It's just a thing about your face or your body or whatever. And uh, fucking get over yourself. How about that? All right. Um, that's about it. Before the interview, uh, let's get to it. Uh, Patreon.com slash self-worst. I'm making bonus content, folks. I'm really doing it. I am in a fairly productive state right now. So get in while the getting's good, and I'm actually making bonus episodes every week and putting that shit out, okay? Do it. Um, and uh, that's about it. Let's go to the interview. All right. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, like, bro. it's it's better. What were you doing before? Uh, just waiting tables waiting and bartending tables. Yeah, and all that. You were like getting sick of that. Yeah, dude. Well, I kind of, I, it's been better since coming back from the pandemic in terms yeah. of it's like less fun, but it is like super professional and you just go and there's like less ups and downs. But now that nobody's coming back and everybody's staying on unemployment, yeah. And everybody's working doubles and triples. It's just savage. I can't do it. So I've been everybody's, trying to Everybody's to coming out. back to like the service industry with like a vengeance. People are like, I'm going to dine the fuck out now. Yeah. So like, yeah. And that grace that. period of everybody being nice. Uh, oh, but it's were, over. They, were they ever really nice? Surprisingly, yes. Like yeah? for the first couple of months, people... Like even the biggest assholes, and you could tell that they were restraining themselves. Yeah, because like they had to hold back their true nature. Um, they were, you could tell that they were like holding something back, and now it's just like complaints are back up. Right, people they, are expecting. They pointed you, level. and they would say, "Listen, essential worker." <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know. They would t put their mask back on every time you got to the table to show how considerate they were for you, how much they care about your safety. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I mean, bro, not going to lie. I did that same kind of thing. You know? Yeah, like, but I you're mean, good. I, I'm good. I, I'm glad you think so. I'm, I, <laughs> I'm trying to be. I try to be. You know, like as a member of the service industry, I try and, uh, you know, never forget that respect and try and, you know, demonstrate that as an act of solidarity more than anything, like not like, uh, even, I don't know, in a performative way or like, uh, Oh, this is, I'm supposed to do this, but just like, no, this is another person who is like me at a job. They don't necessarily want to be at, <laughs> but I'm and a piece of shit customer. I'm like, <laughs> you're a piece of shit customer. So, um, I had an episode in the Verizon store last week. Oh, I had no. a full on, uh, I was very surly with a couple of guys in the Verizon store, and I realized that that's a job that they hate. Yeah, 
Because nobody could possibly like working there. No, nobody's scammers. like, you know what? When I want to grow up, I want to work at the Verizon store. No, they're <laughs> like, I, I work here because I need to fucking pay rent or whatever. Like, yeah. I, need to, I need to feed my family. I need to do whatever. I need to pay for school. They're all scammers. They're like the lowest rent, like fucking just pieces of shit I've ever met. And they always, I've never had a good experience there. They're always trying to slide something by me. Right. These are guys who want to go into like pharmaceutical sales mm-hmm. or fucking the stock market or some, some other like really. Except they're not person. hot enough to be in pharmaceutical sales and they're not smart enough to be in finance. <laughs> they're just the worst. Right. There's just like low level shysters. I get it. But you know what what happened why why were you uh mean to these working class people <laughs> listen i mean i i went in i was, i dropped my iphone 11 in water ah. uh for a second it's supposed to be a waterproof phone whatever right go on the website see that as long as the battery isn't damaged because it won't turn back on i run all of these diagnostics on my computer try and fix it as long as the battery is not damaged they will allow you to upgrade to the 12 from the 11 for a 440 rebate okay i go into the store i explain that to the gentleman who is setting me up with a technician yes and he knows my what i'm here for what i'm going for i get with the technician he brings out the iphone 12 and he's taking it out, he's setting it up, and he's just like, okay, so that's going to be 33, 33 a month. We're going to spread that over 24 months. I'm doing the math in my head. And I was just like, hey, is that with the rebate? And he was just like, oh, no, that's not with the rebate. Because you told us that there was water damage, uh, we actually can't give you that rebate. And I was just like, that's not what it said on the website. Now, I don't have a phone to be able to pull up the website now. Then he gets the the guy, original guy that I told that to come over and be like, sir, you know, I know it doesn't say anything about water damage on the website, but now that you have said it, I can't unhear that. And we can't still offer you that $440 rebate. And then I was just like, you know what you're doing? You're fucking with me. And you're going to try and slide that by and think that I can't do math, but I can do math. And then he was just like, do you want to leave? And I was just like, no, give me the phone. And I just sat there and I didn't talk. And then when I finally, like, they was like, do you want insurance? And I was just like, what's it for? I was like, what's the point, man? Yeah. I was like, really? No, Sorry, I got real I'm gonna, tight. I'm going to break my phone again. And then are you going to? Yeah. I, I it was them trying the to scam, slide it by. The scam of fucking phone insurance. I, I stopped with that a long time ago. That's not. Like that the whole never, thing is a scam. Yeah. It's all scams well, on scams. Yeah, and you know fucking, what it is? They got us. What, what are you going to do? It is. It's like going to the airport. Yeah. It's the same thing. I hate industries where like, it's just like, fuck you. You know, you want it. You need it. Yeah. And like, I, if I was a a better man, like I would have waited a full week and I know that my phone would have dried out and I would have been able to turn it on, but I've got these job interviews right now. I can't be missing the action. Yeah. I just hated getting got by the balls by that. And then I was like on the way out, find whatever, pay for everything. And on the way out, like nobody said goodbye or anything or have a nice day. And I was just like, you're not going to say goodbye. <laughs> I just laughed. But it's just like, listen, I just spent so much money and time. Right. And it's like, even if I have a bad experience, it's your job 
to make it better on the way out. Would you rather they not say goodbye or they say goodbye with like a real shit stain on it? I'd rather them be fucking professionals and say, hey, Mm. we're so sorry. Mm. Goodbye. I mean, he did say that I could call the I ended up getting the rebate um because i talked to my mom talked to the customer representative for me oh she carried her way in money back nice (laughs) and i figured out how that worked out but man dude i hate i hate when people get one over on me i hate when i have no choice yeah i get that do you think that it's like a thing that they want to be doing like those those salespeople, or do you think that that's a thing that they're pressured into by corporate by like you know just like whatever you can do to just like sidestep the deals and like make as much money as possible do that or do you think i think it's it's definitely dictated by corporate yeah it's i mean i work for a place that is like deliberately confusing sometimes and it's so that like on the menu, things will be written in French or things will be have like minimal descriptions. And it's so that you have to have a conversation with me so that I can upsell you on other things. Right. And if you look at Verizon, Verizon has more money than God and they have the shittiest website in the history of mankind. There is no reason that it should be as deliberately confusing as it is other than they want you to get confused and spend as much money as possible they should just get and, as abstract as possible with um, with like menu descriptions at restaurants. Just like really make like David Lynch it. Just get just like <laughs> a, the menu is just like a picture of a cave and then just like a yearbook, <laughs> like a couple pages of that. And then just like and then like there's some sheet music and you're like, what the fuck? And then you have <laughs> to talk to the waiter and then you he makes you feel stupid if you don't he's kind of like, you're not picking up on this. So you have to like (laughs) go along with what he's saying. Otherwise you'll feel judged. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's a genius strategy. I think that it's like you want to engage people in conversation. You don't want to make it like the Burger King experience where, you know, every single thing that's on there, you Mm. want to be slightly pretentious to get your customer talking. Are you good at that? That's when I can can do my little dog and pony show. What's up? Can you hustle like that and like upsell people and stuff like that? Um, I get in trouble at the place that I'm at now because everybody there is like a huge upseller and I like, I don't care that much. Right. Um, I can, if I need to, like if, here's what I say, if you come in and you want to spend a lot of money, I can get you there. Okay. Uh, If you don't, I can also accommodate that, but I'm not going to make you feel like leave feeling like fuck i just got like railed at right see because you're you're good you're too good for this this fucking capitalist hustle like that's (laughs) that's the thing like i can't i was never able to really do that and i'm also not i never i lasted oh god just a couple of weeks once as as like an actual waiter waiter i've done like a lot of food service stuff delivery you know things like mm. that but just so far as like waiting tables i was just like man i'm not i'm not good at this i can't keep track of like who needs what and like what's going out to where and like it didn't really help like i i worked at this place back in my hometown uh that was just this like it was like a greasy spoon like fucking 
chicken fried steak and and uh, biscuits and gravy and shit. But they mm-hmm. really thought that they were doing like five star oh. dining. And so they expected all of this shit out of me like right away. And like it was like I, the pressure on top of like the pressure I was feeling on top of uh, not actually having a great aptitude for it was just like, I can't. It was it was really some bad. people just like aren't like it's weird. There are people that are highly functional and capable in all sorts of things that can't do it. And yeah. it's weird when you run into that. I worked with a guy named Harry who had had like a separate life as like a PR guy. I don't know what happened that he started being a breakfast waiter at Balthazar, but he was like a, a very smart dude, creative dude, had made a lot of money in the past and then switched lifestyles and became a waiter. And the dude could not take an order. He couldn't remember shit. People would ask him questions about the menu. They kept on giving this guy chance after chance after chance after chance. Yeah. And he just couldn't do it. And then you meet somebody that's like a Coke addict, fucking can't like put string two numbers together. And yeah. they're some of the best waiters I've ever worked with in my entire life. That's weird. It's a, it's yeah, a weird it's, thing. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, I guess, like, yeah, whatever it is with my like fucking ADHD neurodivergent brain, like, it just information about like okay uh this plate and this plate and these drinks are going to this table and like just keeping track of that and they need water and they just sat down they need menus and like i just couldn't fucking i couldn't keep it straight and then like having people breathing down my neck on top of that and like not letting my me figure out my own flow with it it wasn't wasn't gonna work it is crazy it's it's weird like there's very few problems that management like management creates most of the problems in the restaurant industry. Like oh, yeah. when things are going well, that's when everybody's trying to prove their worth. And so they're trying to like write things in the report about what a piece of shit their staff is. And it's like this place that I'm at now is the first time I've ever worked with a guy who realized at some point, it's just like, wow, yeah, this is actually pretty good place. Like people do their job here. And if I just get out of the way, and try and make things better, I could have a really great restaurant. And it was, I was, I, I worked at 10, 10 years at a place where everybody was just trying to catch you slipping. Yeah. And it was such a joy to not be living by the skin of my teeth anymore. I mean, that's, they, they do that in fucking schooling too. Like it's, it's like one of those, it's like no child left behind or like the thing they talked about in like the wire where it's just, we're going to create the appearance of, we're bringing up grades in our schools. We're making things look good, but all they're doing is just kind of, you know, juking the stats, like just like making the numbers look good to people on paper. Yeah. But they're not actually helping people on an individual basis. They're not They're Like it's, it's all just about, you know, like what kind of data can we provide? Not Uh, good. Hold on. I'm going to switch a light on. Sure. Right, I'm back. Um, how much time do you have, by the way? I got time. Okay, yeah. Um, I I have, I mean, I have to be done pretty close to nine. Um, also, just letting you know, I have to in twenty four minutes. I I gotta uh get up and adjust. A, I'm we're making a pork belly thing. Um, <laughs> you gotta flip a roast. I gotta yeah. I gotta well. I gotta turn up the heat on a roast, or my girlfriend will kill me. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. She's a really good cook. And she, um, our friend just came in from Minneapolis. He used to live here. Came back from Minneapolis. Uh, he moved back there like last year. So we haven't seen him in like a year. And he just showed up and they're hanging out. Like they just like went out to a bar so like I could I could make my important podcast. Hell yeah. <laughs> in private. Um, <laughs> uh, where where are you? Do you do you find like I mean, cause you make um you make the good, the dad, and the ugly. Um, and you've been I recording do. that like out of apartments. Like so far as podcasts go, uh I one of my favorite things often is kind of the organic nature of uh the podcast and you hear people like cooking or whatever in the background and you're like you know that like there's like oh this is just being made like <laughs> on tables that are like a pe- in, in somebody's like breakfast nook you know yeah my favorite shit was when we first started our pod uh, we just recorded on a task cam with like no headphones so just a single task cam we would have to position ourselves so that we would each get on one side of the directional Mike and we would have it on Pat's kitchen table and it was like a circle kitchen table. So we'd all be really bunched in and then we would just be drinking and we had to like create rules like drinks on the floor, drinks on the floor, because every time you'd set them on the table, it would rattle the whole thing. People would get so pissed about the sound quality. And I was like, A, I didn't want to have to learn how to do more shit because I'm always so annoyed that my two co-hosts, Pat and Casey, like, don't do anything technical at all, ever, <laughs> at all, ever. So I was like, don't make me learn how to do more shit. I can barely get this thing up. And secondly, I kind of just liked how raw and real it was. Like, we would have the weed man come over mid-episode, <laughs> and it would just, like, totally fuck up the flow. But I I thought that people appreciated that. Like, I never wanted to have, like, a polished no, studio but that's, show. Like, that's exactly what... Like what people really get out of podcasts, I think like real podcast heads, real podcast people, um, like there's people who listen to like the real prestigious ones, the serials and the, you know, like all the murder podcasts and stuff. But there's people I think who like really get like intensely into podcasts and it's because it's this weird parasocial thing that you experience where you're just like hanging out with two friends or three friends and you feel like you're part of this like group and then you like start to get used to like the comings and goings of their apartment, the cat that like gets into the, like, the, and you're just like, Oh, I'm hanging out. Like I'm, I'm hanging out with uh, Mike and Diego and Oh, Chuck's here and he knocked over a water glass, you know? And you're like, you're like, it, it just that's what does it for people and like the content of what they're talking about matters so much less than the vibe and just if you get the right person who likes your vibe listening then they won't stop that's it i 1000 percent agree with that and that's kind of the hard thing i think lately is we just haven't been hanging out together as a crew mm. um quite some time and that was pandemic related it's also i'm not in the neighborhood anymore pat moved out of his place so we're all kind of spread out yeah um and casey's got married obligations and shit and sure. it's, it's just different so i don't know we i think we we've had our our, our show is good but it's it's had ups and downs over the past year we can't we haven't had like a, an app that was like 
really devastating. And we've also been trying not to have blowout fights with one another, uh, (laughs) which used to be some of our best podcasts. I don't think I've gotten back that far, actually. I was going to say, I just got today, I was listening back. I was just like, kind of just, you know, I'm going to do some, I want to do some research. I kind of want to like, you know, get in a Will Winner headspace, be able to talk to him. (laughs) And uh, I made it all the way back to the first episode that you and Pat did, like, like March 20th or some shit, like, like, right, like, like the first week of the pandemic. And you both were just like, uh, so, uh. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Casey's not feeling well, and so he's not going to join us. <laughs> and like, like nobody knew what the fuck was happening. It was, it, it was pretty nutty. And I was just like, I almost turned it off because I was like, this is too, this is, this is like, I don't like thinking about that part, like that time right now where you're talking about like Tiger King and shit. It's just like, like that wow. first fucking week of the pandemic. I was just like, I, yeah, I don't want to go back there right now. We're just finally getting back out in the world. And like, you know, I'm walking around without a mask and this is great. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I want to go back there right now, but that's I'm as far looking back as at I it got. right now. That's the March 30th boy spot. The one after that is uh, episode that Courtney was on where Pat purposely instigated a fight between Casey and Courtney that was so insane <laughs> that we had to end the episode because he started an actual fight in between oh, them. No. And then I threatened to quit the pod after that. And Casey had thought Drama. that I was putting everything on him. And I had to remind him that Patrick left to his own devices, just loves to destroy. Yeah. He's not no, a bad he, guy. he seems like that guy who just, he'll, I listened to that episode too because I was listening to them reverse chronologically. Yeah. And I could hear him. He just kept fucking needling her <laughs> through the entire like I could hear the little like like the bait that he would throw out just every But it's crazy how he does it because they didn't realize that it was Pat that started the fight between them. Yeah. Like nobody got mad at him. And it's like I've had to sit there before and just be like, listen, man. Like, he's one of my best friends. Like, I love Pat dearly, but he's evil. <laughs> yeah, see, hardest. this is why, okay, I I had Casey on. I'm having you on now. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, like, I talked to Pat once. He seems like a cool guy, but, like, I don't know yet if I'm ready to have him on the show just because I, <laughs> I, I just, you know, he's got a whole different vibe that I don't know if that You're would be You're not going to be able to crack this. the. Exactly. Crack the, he seems like yeah. a pretty tough nut to crack. Yeah. You know, and I well, was just like, I, I appreciate that. Like, you know, like there's there's certain people who I really like their work, but I also listen to them and I'm like, I don't think that I'm going to get past the the thing. Like, you know, like I love Connor O'Malley. I don't know if I'm going to ever have him on the show because I'm just like, it's yeah. a, like that's I don't but know if he, I want to break that's that like spell. a thousand times. His, that's a fucking character. Yeah. Like that's it's a whole thing that like I don't even know if I want to see past veil there you know i would say that that both pat and casey are kind of hard dependent like casey seems more emotional than he is like they're both very like detached from Mm. their lives and you uh, i it's it's an awkward thing of like i don't know how much they actually feel or feel connected to their (laughs) emotions like Pat will kind of throw things out there and he'll use me as like a ping pong yeah. to be like, do I actually feel this way? And it, when I can deal with one of them at a time, but when they're both going through shit and I'm just getting 
like used as like emotional sonar, it becomes a little bit. Yeah, no, they'll both do. I mean, I think I noticed them both do the thing where they'll like throw little things out, like little tidbits of trauma, like out. And you're just like, whoa, that's fucking that's crazy, dude. Like, it sucks that you had to go through that. Like, and then they're just kind of like, eh, whatever. And then just like sort of like move on. And you're like, yeah, but you should talk to somebody about that. Like, this is like, and it's okay. Like, I'm somebody you can talk to about that. Like, we're friends. Like, you know, like that sort of thing is just like, like that happens all the time where I like, I notice. And this is the thing I, I like I like so much about you, Will, is like you're I, I think you are probably you seem like the most emotional dude in the bunch or like the most the guy who's like the most in touch with his feelings. And I like yeah. that. That's cool. I think we need more of that. But also you're so good at just like gassing up your bros. That's like the thing that you're really like I've I've heard you I heard you on uh Mike and Diego's show where you were you were just like I, I forget like Diego was talking about how he was like uh like he he felt I don't know he felt like inadequate in some way even though he's like a black belt or something or like he's not he's like I'm okay at comedy but it's like okay because I'm a black belt and you're like no fuck that you're amazing like you're good at everything what are you talking about and I was just like this is this is the good kind of masculinity that the world needs. <laughs> out there especially in the fucking podcast world where there is a lot of not so good masculinity happening all of the time and it's just like you either i mean i hate to say it like there's just so much like i don't know there's this like very like neutered look how good of a like good woke boy i am and then there's yeah. this like hyper anti-woke thing that's yeah. like really bad and i i think there's so many people who are just like kind of between that that really it's bizarre i don't understand it i grew up with people who are able to have like a woke opinion and still like like sports and not uh think that they've made every right decision and be fairly comfortable with a small amount of ignorance like yeah it's okay to not be a fully developed fucking human being on every single level. Um, and I don't like, I don't know, dude, I don't like that shit. I don't like fucking compound media. No. Um, gas digital. I listen, I'll listen to some stuff. Like I'll listen to some Rogan's when he has a guest that I'm interested yeah. in, but anything that like ascribe, I, you know, I think that he gets ascribed as having a point of view. Like, I think it's reprehensible that he has Alex Jones on. Yeah, but... no, he's had some people on who I'm just like, what the fuck? Why would you want to? But then again, Why? I'm also like, I've had to think about like how I feel about deplatforming people. And it's just like, does that work? Or does that just like drive them further? I don't know. I, don't I think really it works. I, think, I mean, yeah. how pleasant has it been to not hear anything about Donald Trump? It's been pretty cool. Uh, like, that's it's been pretty nice. fucking yeah, cool, just dude. To, like, shut him the fuck up. Also... It's mainly just sadistically pleasurable to know that it just pisses him off so much. Yeah. Like he that he shut down his like, you know, what was it like desk of Donald Trump like that? Whatever the fuck that was, that social media or like newsletter yeah. shit that he was trying to put out. And he like shut that down just like today due to like a uh, lack of uh like interest basically like nobody's <laughs> fucking he's just like washed up. It's just like, yeah, hell yeah. I know that makes you so mad. It's great. Yeah, dude. Fuck you. 
I mean, deplatforming works. And it's like, I also like to contend with ideas. Like there's some, I like to see what other people are saying, what other sure. people are thinking, but it's just weird. It doesn't, I, I, we are not killing it in the ratings. Sometimes we have better months. Sometimes we have worse months. Um, we have a very strange audience. Our most vocal fans are uh, women coming out of breakups and black gay dudes. <laughs> uh, which Interesting is like, demographic. It's a weird demographic. They both fan. listen to a lot of Beyonce. <laughs> That's true. I don't know. Yeah, I, think I that, see some. there's some crossover. They'd get along really well. I think a lot of it has to do with uh, crossover fans from like Courtney and Will's ah, pod. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That stayed around. She's but... a big Gaga fan, right? <laughs> yeah. He's a big Beyonce and Gaga guy. Yeah. So I don't know. But I, I have to believe that there's a, a market out there for just like people in between yeah. neutered wokeness and fucking shithead Trumpness. There's like... There's a whole room there for conversation and a lot of interesting back and forth. And people just, I don't know why we're always pulled to each side. Like there's so much room to play in the middle. Yeah, I agree. And and like, you know, that's the thing is like, I mean, you do kettlebells and you do, you know, like you're, you like sports and like you, somebody talking to you, like based on those things might just like, yeah, throw a bunch of like Joe Rogan shit your way. And like, I like I do kettlebells too. Just last night I was fucking doing jujitsu. Like, you know, or I wasn't doing jujitsu so much as I was rolling around on the floor while <laughs> Diego did jujitsu. But, you know, um like I'm into a lot of those things and I have found that like, yeah, I, I like a lot of I don't know masculine shit or whatever, but I also like, you know, we don't need to throw the baby out with the bathwater with that shit. I'm at different phase of my life. Yeah. You were, were you in a frat? I wasn't a frat. Much to Casey's dismay. He treats me like a second class citizen over there. (laughs) Because you were in a frat? Yes. If it gets brought up around him, he gets like physically disturbed. Why? It's, is it a class thing or is it like a, he, he envisions himself as he was in high school, which is a, guy who was 17 who hadn't gone through puberty who smelled like cat pee and who everybody hated and he thinks that if you did something that like represents like 80s cool to him yeah it's so right any any of the like i mean my first name is brad i'm like the fucking (laughs) i'm the like 80s movie bully like you know and so and that never described me because I was like a video game and Star Wars kid, you know, and then I was like a fucking Odyssey of the Mind and like theater kid, like you know, yeah. it's it's. Just, I was a theater was, kid too. Yeah, so like, I mean, those people exist, you know, who do who do both, you know. It's it's just, it's neither here nor there. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I was just in a frat because that uh, like where I went to school, that's just where the parties were, and I wanted to party. Sure. And. So I joined it. It was pretty fun. I just never, like, I would always get yelled at because I never paid my dues. I lived in the house and I would never go to the meetings. Um, I would just get high and have a good time. And they never, like, they would try and come at me about not voting and not taking part in anything. And I would just act like I had forgot. I just played it completely aloof for three years. And 
nothing bad ever happened. And then I did it. I by senior year, I just never went anymore. Turns out, and I just turns out it's all pretty low stakes and doesn't actually fucking matter. <laughs> yeah, dude. Right. I mean, I guess I could have used it to get some sort of career relevancy or whatever if I was a yuppie and trying to make it in accounting or finance. But right. I knew that I was not like a these weren't my brothers for life. Right. Like it was just a place to party and have fun. I mean, I was just so different in college. I was just so, like, I, I didn't start drinking or smoking weed or anything until like my last year of college, essentially. And like, I was like mm-hmm. this, like very like tortured fucking, you know, Morrissey, <laughs> like I'm sober. I feel the pain of life and blah, blah, blah. like just, you know, just fully like <clears throat> a real, a real dick about it. Um, but I also like, I was just like such an antisocial, like curmudgeon, but like, it was just because like I had all this social fucking anxiety and phobia and stuff that like, I didn't know how to overcome. And then like I had on top of that, all this weird drilled into me, like stuff about, uh, sobriety and addiction and, uh, you know, and, and how you have boozers in the family like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I won't name names, but <laughs> yes, but like my immediate family, um, you know, my my parents, my nuclear family, uh, they don't drink, um, and I sort of get the idea that both of them made the choice to do that because their parents on both sides were like, or had a parent or like grandparent, uncle, somebody who was like a little too much and not great. So, um, you know, I haven't really pressed them on that that much, but like, that's the impression that I get. Um, you know, and, and, and I think a lot about, you know, whether or not, uh, addiction, I certainly think that addiction and depression are, uh, genetic or, or like genetic genetics can really exacerbate it. Um, I don't know how much of it, like, really, like, capital A addiction runs in our family. But, yeah. I think that they kind of run hand in hand. I mean, I think every family's got something bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like, I I feel like everybody, um, this is a good segue into our, you know, mental health corner. um, Where we talk about mental illness, trauma, uh, therapy, uh, you know, self-care, any any of that stuff. But, um I forget what I was going to say. I don't know. So we'll just fucking segue into the thing. Why don't we ask you about that? Why don't I fucking stop talking? Uh, just a general mental illness. Yeah. Um, What's been I think your I kind suffer, of I suffer from, uh, I can fall into big depressive episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have, I try and treat them with addiction. So I try and fill the void but when I am in healthy environments, uh, things are fairly easy for me. So I don't have like the type of alcoholism that like, like right now I, I don't, I don't really drink. Right. I mean, I will have a drink at a show. Um, but I found that my comedy is a lot better when I'm sober. So we have this weekly show on Mondays and it's, you know, more important for me to do well. Yeah. I've been to it. The big weird at Littlefield every Monday. The big go. weird. So I don't drink. Everybody should go to the big weird at Littlefield. I have like this heart rate monitor thing uh-huh. that tracks 
all of my stats and my recovery. And I found that even if I have two drinks that it just tanks uh, everything for me the next day. Mm. So I am able to kind of, I don't have like real deal alcoholism like that, but I think I, I had a revelation on another mental illness podcast that I did over the summer where he just said that I could see in your eyes, all the pain that you've been through and how little self-esteem and uh you know how little love you have for yourself damn what the i fuck? like broke down oh dude what podcast was, was this fuck, it was called doc talks with this guy who's like a tiktok therapist now he's a dr phil motherfucker like his fucking prescription for me he likes looks into the window of my soul I break down and cry over zoom no, it was in. It was, it was in there. Person. It was okay. while we were still with B. Frank, um, and we were recording out of their studio. Okay, good because I, I want to make you, I want to make it clear that if you were actually sitting across from me right now, I could I could also make you cry. <laughs> I don't know, dude. My guard is up. I like he really got me, um, because I was completely honest. I told him everything about my mental health history. Yeah. And he like one he had much like you do he had a, a survey beforehand but he asked me if there were things that I was proud of and it's like I didn't have at the time that much that I was super proud of uh, in my life uh, like awards accomplishments yeah. etc and it kind of put me on the path to going back to school which was not what he recommended what he recommended that I do was to make a TikTok every day. That's and I was just like, bro, you're such a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, uh, but is he getting kickback kickbacks from TikTok? Is he getting he's TikTok big backs? on TikTok? Okay, he's yeah. Bat, so he's not big on Instagram, but he's big on TikTok. That's motherfucker. But he told me up. like he loved me, and he oh. was he sent me his personal number that I could call anytime I was going through anything for three free therapy. He's like a Christian therapist. Is he an actual therapist? He is. Okay. He's a clinical psychologist. Okay. Um, and I don't want to talk too much shit about the guy, sure. but like it I mean, was. Yeah. He's, he's trying to, I mean, he's sounds like he's trying to do the same kind of thing that I'm doing. Maybe in just in a different way. I just found the prescription to be like, dog, you want me to do TikTok <laughs> for my major depression? Yeah. But I did get me thinking about things in a different way. And it's like, I do have, um, big time depressive tendencies. And if I look at my family, it runs in my family. Now, not to the fact that like people aren't getting out of bed, yeah, but just like, I think that there's like a bleak outlook. And I, th I think that people know me as a super positive person. And I think that the positivity can be a reaction to at my core, how I feel about the world at large and the future. Mm. So I have to fill myself with these things to keep going um, and get away from that. And I've, you know, part of that for me is uh, not being fucked up because right. it's a real slippery slope for your boy. When I start drinking, I just, I piles on and then nothing gets done and right. I need to get things done. So it's been like ever since the pandemic hit, it's been a real turnaround in me taking better care of myself. And I'm a big, uh, another point of contention between me and Casey is the mind body connection. He yeah. thinks that there is no connection between your mind and your body. No, and I think that is absolutely everything. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, he... Um, how do I put this? I don't see him doing kettlebells on the roof. <laughs> he's He's been bedridden. He's, yeah. he's into relaxing taking it easy i mean which I, is yeah, one way to go it's one way to go and like you know i i hear what you're saying about um the uh the need for positivity uh and 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 that being sort of a reaction against the negativity and i honestly think that that's a pretty good coping mechanism like you know just like as an outsider and as a layman as a non-therapist you know but because just in my experience i kind of do the opposite i like to lean in <laughs> Dude, I like to just I like to just like be as dark and grim about things as possible and just like fully be like, yeah, this is the end of the world, you know, and and that's uh, that's just how I I don't know, cope, I guess. But that can be my, that's my approach. I think that's a fine approach. I think that I need to I need to get better at validating people's dark experience or like when people are like complaining about a situation i need to do a better job of being like yeah i hear you i feel that yeah because it's fucking annoying to be around the positive guy that's just trying to be like oh it's gonna be okay guys it's just like okay it might be okay but like we still need to hear that you're in this with us yeah like that has a name that has a toxic positivity. There, there is yeah. a, a thing. Can you hold on just one second? It is yeah, time for do me it. to Go turn. Go flip the roast. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you were saying you you know that people you do get tired of the toxic positivity. Toxic positivity. Um, that that's kind of a, uh, I don't know. Can be equally as invalidating. Really, I mean, because that's the problem is what toxic positivity does is it invalidates the pain that you're feeling at the moment. Yeah. Um, Which there's that song like, you know, I don't know, some like fucking classic. uh, It's like a Broadway song or some shit about like smile, even though you're, you know, you're hurting. Yeah. Like that. Like that. Like I remember hearing that song when I was a kid and just being like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like that will never work you know like because even when i was young it was just like the pain that i was um that i was experiencing was just i was like there's no way i'm grinning through this like that's not that's not possible however to your point i mean there is a mind-body connection to where like if you are sleeping till 11 30 every day um then like you're not you're not helping your mental health like i because i have been through phases where i do that i've been through phases where like i'm not sleeping well at night i'm you know i'm drinking and smoking every night i'm uh you know sleeping in to like the last fucking minute that i can like head out the door and one positive thing that the pandemic has done for me is it put exercise into my daily schedule um and like so now i just do it no question i get up in the morning i put in at least 30 minutes because you gotta because i just do and like and i feel so much better like i still have bad days i still get into bad spots but like i feel so much better than i do when i'm just like fucking yeah just just not treating my body right i mean it's it's everything 
I don't know. It's uh, like I've I I think that I'm like a very it's 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 fucked up because like so just in the way that it could be invalidating to be the toxic positivity guy. I have like made every single wrong decision and I've lived in all of the wrong ways. And so in a way I kind of feel like above a lot of shit, which is horrible. Right. Because that's like invalidating, but I do know that I am right. I just have to find a way to present it to people in the way that they need that love. Right. Right. So I just want to give it a delivery system that's right, because it's just like, bro, I don't know what you need to do specifically, but everybody needs to have some sort of uh, movement or exercise thing to feel good in their body. And that yeah. doesn't have to be like you got to hit the Peloton every day. That just means that you need to move around. Sure. It can just be any whatever. In some capacity every yeah. single day, because if you don't, it's going to creep up on you and you're going to feel bad. Um, and it's like, I kind of... I I really, I need to work on like, I'm just thinking about work right now. There's all these petty drama and dramatic situations. <laughs> and like, I'm kind of always end up playing like the sage old man who's just like, well, nothing, none of this matters. Like, why are you guys going to HR? Like right. HR is for losers. Like we're like, right. we're the team. Right. It's us versus management. And when you guys get management involved, that's where things get fucked up. And I kind of wish sometimes that I could just be the guy that is like a little bit more petty and has a petty concerns, but I really just don't. I kind of, I always see the forest for the trees. I can never be that detail guy in the middle. Right. But I mean, I guess that's good. I don't know. I I think that's good in a way. Um, I don't know. I think it makes people like annoyed. Right. Well, okay. Cause then it's, you're not getting, you're not seeing their, uh, I'm not validating yeah, their not, experience because I'm just their, like, Oh, well you're doing that moment. because you're an idiot. And like, <laughs> because you're a fucking petty piece of shit who can't get over your own issues. That's right. why you're doing that. Cause you're an asshole. And if you could just stop being an asshole and start living right. Like I live, then this wouldn't be an issue at all. That's a horrible <laughs> fucking guy to be. That's the fucking guy that I am. You know, that's so annoying, but that is who I am. I'm being authentic to myself. Hey, what's your Enneagram number? Two. Two. You're at two. Okay. I can see that. I'm a six. You're a six? Yeah. The loyalists. Yeah. They they have a bunch of different names. That's the thing. It's, it's, I treat this as a very soft science. Um, Oh dude, I I, love the Enneagram. I I, I like it. Um, and I, I put more stock into it. Troubleshooters. Like uh uh fucking astrology or anything but i i you know i do i do put a little bit of stock into it enneagram um, is the light the truth and the way and fuck <laughs> anybody that says anything else uh, it's just real dude it's changed my entire life when did you discover it over the pandemic mm. i bought the book and everything i make people read it wow Oh, look, okay. Larry David, yeah. George H.W. Bush, mm. Bono, Springsteen, Mike Tyson. These Mark, are your boys. Mark Marin, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The committed, security oriented type. Sixes are reliable, hardworking, mm-hmm. responsible, mm-hmm. and trustworthy. 
I see all that in you. Oh, thank you. Excellent troubleshooters. They foresee problems and foster cooperation, but can also become defensive, evasive, anxious, yep. running on stress yep. while complaining about it. Yeah. I can see I can see you like liking like you were talking about in your Morrissey phase. Yeah. Like you're running on the stress of going against the social grain, mm. but also kind of complaining about the social system at large. Sure. Like they can be cautious and indecisive, but also reactive, defiant and rebellious. Mm -hmm. Do you typically have problems with self-doubt and suspicion? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And at their best, internally stable and self-reliant, courageously championing themselves and others. Okay. Yeah. I don't so know. That's what you're doing with this podcast. I think that's what I try to do. Yeah. I try and I try and use this as a pod, you know, as a as a podcast. I try and use this podcast as um you know, a spotlight or a beacon to just like, Hey, look at this person. They're really interesting. Look at this person. They're really cool. You know? Um, and, but like, again, a lot of that stems from just like, uh, I don't know, maybe not the best self-esteem. Like I like talking to comedians because I'm too much of a coward to be one. <laughs> you know what I mean? What? Like that's what I, that's the long and short of it. I've done open mics and, and I've, I've, but I've never gotten past that level. And, you know, but there is no levels like <laughs> well, there is, though, where you're like actually like playing. You're actually like doing shows. You're actually like booking, you know, shows, lineups of, of real people that aren't just like going and, and spouting off for two. That minutes. just takes you finding a bar and starting a show mm, and then booking people, I guess. That's and true. then hosting it. And then over time, I don't know, man, I, I've put so many people on the stand up path and it might have ruined their lives, but they all <laughs> fucking. It's the easiest thing in the world to get into stand-up. If you want to do it, you can do it. Well, you don't you. even got to have, like, jokes right now. You don't even have to be funny for, like, three or four years. <laughs> like, you just have to do it right. and have a space. And then... All I have to... I've, what, what I've gleaned from, like, entry-level comics is all I have to do is say, I know what you're thinking about my appearance. And then just... Boom. And just go into my appearance. Yeah. And, like, what they, to, what they probably think of me. Yeah. Based on all or you that. can you can talk about it whatever you want. Mm. It's all I mean, that's the fun thing about going on stage. That's still what I do. My best bits are talking about being bald. You, you know, I love that fucking material because here's the thing. I have a lot of hair right now. Okay. But this is the hairline no, we're dealing no. with. No. Dude. I and no. I know like maybe this is like, as Pat says, like a a, a type two diabetic coming up to him and being like, I know what you feel. You know, like, and you're like, no, you don't, because I went bald in my 20s. But, like, I'm I'm pretty sure it's going to go. No. Nah. No, you don't think so? You don't think I'm going to go It's going to go eventually, yeah. but you're good, bro. I'm good for now? You're good. Okay. You're good well, for yeah. now. I'm, I'm the judge of all things bald. Sure. When did you go and bald? 19. 19. That's when it really started to go thin, but I didn't shave it until I was 28. Wow. What but did those like, years look like? Was there a lot of holding on? Was there a lot? Like, what were the hairstyles? Um, no, I just think I look, I looked older than I was, but mm. like you had to get it cut every two weeks. Otherwise it would just look fucked up. I would look like fucking like Prince Harry or, or Prince. It, what's the non Meghan Markle? The uh, William? Yeah. Prince Whichever, William. Whichever was. They're both bald, shitty. by the way. 
They're both fucking bald. No, Harry's holding on. He's got no. Those are hair plugs. Those are fucking. That's some shit. That's some trickery. He was all. (laughs) He was going bald, and then he stopped going bald. He is. That is not his hair. He definitely doesn't look like his father's son. I think that there could be another man. No, well, like because remember the one that went bald, Charles. 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 He was. No, I'm sorry. Uh, William. William. Yeah, the older brother. He was the one who was like supposed to be like the handsome one remember like as he was a little older yeah. and he was like coming of age and like oh he's so handsome and then he's like immediately started losing his hair and everybody was like oh fuck and then i think the royal family had a meeting and they sat down and they're like okay so it's all over for fucking william harry <laughs> you're getting hair plugs you're gonna be the hot one now you're gonna grow out your little ginger beard you're gonna marry a babe you're gonna do this shit well, you have to make it a whole lifestyle. William could have been hot, but he's like too slender and he's got like a milk dud style hair. Like, I don't know. What's, Not everybody what's milk should. Dud? I don't know his head shape. I just don't like it. Oh, it's like pointy on the head. See, that's yeah. my concern. I have a very narrow head. If I go bald, like I don't know if I have the head shape for it, bro. I don't know if I can I do it. I think that you do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or if you don't, like there's different things that you can do. You can just shave it short. Yeah. St- the statham, and, I, the statham yeah, looks do okay. The statham, or you can like I for years it didn't look that bad. It, w- it looked bad because I was in my twenties. Mm. But if you're in your thirties, your forties, you just take the one on the sides and then a light trim of the loose ends up top, and you just look like a sophisticated older man. Mm. Okay, you know yep, it's never- all about it's all about just keeping up work. That's what makes it attractive. Is that you? I think that there's something to being like. Oh, that guy has enough time and money and know-how to know that he needs a uh, haircut every two weeks. That's a hot dude. See, so my dad is bald, very bald. Always has been my whole life. Um, No, he 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 has like horseshoe, but he's like it's all gone. Like there's no like it's not receding. There's no like a little island. (laughs) I like it. Done. Right. Um, And I remember him talking. I don't remember what I was talking about. I was upset about something when I was a kid. And I was like, you know, I was having one of my little like emotional, like fucking like feelings boy uh, fits. Right. And he um, he said something to the effect of like, you know, like, do you think I want everything to be like the way it is? Like, you know, like I like I'm bald, like, but I'm not going to wear a fucking toupee. It's pathetic, you know, and like and I remember yeah, just hell like, yeah, I, it just like snapped me out of the mood I was in. I was just like, yeah, you know what? Hell yeah, dad. Like, you know, like and I like had a lot of respect for him in that moment. Cause I was just like, yeah, like, cause I always wondered about that because it just seems like bald guys get so shat on, you know? And, and like, it's just, it was just so, it just seemed like, Oh, this is the, you know, this is my dad. This is supposed to be like my superhero. And he's this like bald guy. How do I look up to him? Even though he's like emasculated by not having hair or whatever was going on. Like mm-hmm. I already had fucking toxic masculinity in my head when I was a child. And so like to hear him say that, there's just like, yeah, I'm just going to embrace being bald. Fuck it. You know? And I was just like, cool. Hell yeah. Cause like, I'm so glad I don't have the kind of dad who like tried to do like fucking hair plugs and Rogaine and shit. Like, That'd be so fucking weird, man. I don't know. Did you ever try with like Rogaine or any of that stuff? I tried. But did you Did bad. you have like a, a a desperate period of of clutching and like this can't be happening? Yeah. I what mean, was the I tr- I've tried like? to hold on to it for a while. I just couldn't fucking because I was trying to be a, a serious actor, so I was getting oh man fucking headshots and stuff. 
but I would go out and a lot of the feedback that I got was, Hey, we like you, we like your energy, but you don't really look the age of the character. Yeah. So I was going out for roles as a 22 year old. And I looked like a guy who was 30 in the hairline, not in the face. Right. But I was like, fuck. And I didn't want to go to grad school or anything. And I looked like this older dude without a hat on. And so you're like, do you have any roles for a guy who wears a lot of hats? (laughs) Basically. I mean, I, I shot stuff where I would wear a hat. And then I was like, if I ever want to get cast in every, anything, I just got to go bald so that the age thing isn't the question. But then bald brings you into a different class yeah. of acting. And so, like, now I would play, like, Albanian fucking tough guys or some shit. <laughs> I remember I was sitting at the fucking Soho house when I first moved here. And a guy, a bald guy, uh, who was a producer, he produced a movie that Sarah Michelle Geller was in. He was a frat brother from my university. Um, good guy. I found out later that he was a fucking coke addict and wow. uh, completely tanked his business. But he's a smart fucking guy sitting there ripping cigarettes at the solo house pool. He was just like, he was just yeah. like, good kid, you're a good kid. He was just like, you don't look your age. You don't look your age. If I were you and I wanted a career, I would go out, I would work out a lot. I would get jacked. I would shave this off. Right. And I would go out for tough guy shit. He was just like, because you're not going to get cast as a cute boy. You, you look too old. So you got to go as the tough guy. And I was like, I left that meeting and I was just like, fuck this motherfucker, man. I am a cute boy. <laughs> and then it took me six years before I realized that he was completely fucking right. This fucking chain smoking, coke addict, B movie producer yeah. had me pegged. And it was like, once I shaved it off, it was traumatic and it was hard, but it was just like, oh, yeah, I should have done this years ago because now I don't have anxiety about wedding pictures. Yeah. like Sweaty and hot outside. And I look like extra bald. It's just like, no, I'm bald. Right. I'm not a I'm not a guy with hair and pretending to uh, not be bald. I'm a bald man. Hear yeah. me roar. Fuck yeah. y'all. I mean, it's it's the high T. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I, you know, and, well, I mean, you can do like the fucking, uh, you know, Tucci. He's he's ripped and bald. Uh, Statham, yeah. he's ripped and bald. That's the move. You got to keep um, the cardio up. A lot of people. So you can uh, have hair and get like a little bit big and like bulk and cut. But like when you're bald, I think it's better to stay very lean. All the time. So I've got to hit the Peloton 45 minutes what is, a day. What is your 45 minutes a day on the Peloton? Wow. Yeah. What is your natural. overall workout um, routine? Right now, it's just been, I did like so many kettlebells over the winter that I like really bulked up. Um, and then I bought a bike and I've closing in on my hundredth Peloton. I've just been going hard at it every day. Yeah. And then I do need to start lifting again because I'm a little bit uh, softer than I want to be. I want to get strong again. Getting strong is fun. It's getting nice. strong is tight, but it's hard for me to get strong without putting on a decent amount of fat because mm. I just start eating. Right. Like the, yeah. I'm a hungry boy. Like, that's the thing. We were talking about this earlier. Um, that like, this is, I have a workout, a daily workout regimen and it's fairly hard. Like it's 
boxing, jujitsu, kettlebells, and like I ride a bike every day. I walk dogs fucking professionally. I'm walking a lot. So like I will be in a certain amount of good shape, but I also like beer and cookies. I'm not going to fucking give them up. And so like <laughs> I have like a tum-tum and I have this like natural shape, like that Homer Simpson shaped body, you know, like I just got that and I have like a small chest. So like the tummy sticks out even further you know what i mean no i i've seen your thirst traps on instagram oh. i disagree <laughs> i think you. that you have an elegant and um beautiful body oh thank you man and you've got great shoulder structure thank buddy you. everybody has their insecurities yeah everybody has their things they can work on i you know i i i looked really good at the start of the summer um, I, I, during last summer, I was like really tan and really ripped. At the time, I did not enjoy any of it at all. And it wasn't until I had my phone fried and I was looking back through yeah. old picture albums. I was just like, God damn, I looked fucking I awesome. saw a rooftop picture of you. Um, like it was like you and Diego and you had like your pecs and your shoulders look fucking great. They were so I good. Was they were so, yeah, you were like Jack. And I was like, I like, I think about like, yeah, just pecs all the time because mine are so small i think about pecs all the time <laughs> but like yeah i'm just like walking around thinking about pecs but like i think about how much i can expect out of mine without like you know doing something like stupid like steroids or like fucking power lifting like just like if i really had to like but it's a gift and a curse it, bro. but like i was just like i don't want to like i don't want to get like fucking like weird i'll look like carrot top Look at my fucking hair. Like, I don't want to get that fucking juice. Like, no, that's Carrot stupid. Top is juicing and, yeah. like, really doing bodybuilder exercises Looks every creepy. day. That's the thing that... Don't let your mind go all the way there. Like, yeah, Carrot it's Top bad. is doing a Vegas residency, and he's a weird guy. So he's just <laughs> taking strength every day and doing lifting in a hotel every yeah. single day. It's like, so you're not going to go that far. But the other thing with, with pecs, it's like... The reason when they look good, it's because also they have the possibility to look like big floppy titties. Ah. So it's like, it's a gift and a curse. If they're going to look good and well-developed, that means that when they're not developed, they're just going to go. Right. So it's a gift and a curse. So I'm, I'm just going to, I'm never going to have titties. That's good. I'm just going to be like an yeah. A cup. I'd rather be flat chested. There's less risk. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, I've got bodacious breasts or like really hard pecs. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, I'm, honestly, I'm like road. both of those things are okay. They're okay. Those, you know, if you had like big, I don't know, dude, when you're having day. a bad day and then you look down and you like can feel a full titty in your hand, <laughs> it fucking sucks, dude. It really, I'm yeah. just like, what the fuck? I don't, I mean, like, I, yeah, it's bad. Like, I catch sideways glimpses of myself, like, in, like, car, you know, windows and stuff. And, like, I, it's a bad habit because I walk around on the sidewalks all day and I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to, like, look at my reflection here, turn and look at my reflection here. And it's just like, I, as a person who, A, has kind of, like, low self-esteem, B, an obsessive mind, C, like kind of just bad body image in general. Like this is like not a good combo, even if like I'm, 
I'm in good shape. Like I'm in like the best shape I've ever been in, but like, it's like, I'm always going to fucking find something. Like, it's just, you know, there, there's like a hamster wheel thing that happens. I think it's the thing of like trying to get out of, and this, is, I, I, it's made all the difference in stand up for me. And I, it's a daily struggle, but I, I changed this approach. I talked a lot of shit about stand up all summer because I was like getting away yeah. from it was super healthy. I wanted to talk to you about this for a little bit because it sounded like you almost were thinking of quitting or like you were, you were, because you were talking about that earlier that, you know, you had this sort of like revelation. I'm going back to school. I'm going to like reinvent in a lot of ways. But I think a part of it was like a disillusionment with stand up. It's, I don't like a lot of the stuff that people like about stand up, like the hanging out. Um, there's a lot of stand-up that I just generally don't like. Me and Casey talk about it all the time. It's like uh, there are people that are great writers, mm -hmm. but they're not, they're fake. They're mm -hmm. not talking authentically from their experience. Right. And to me, I hate it. I, and it's, I have like a physical reaction to it. And I, there's a lot of like posturing and, just cowardice and weakness and lying. And it's <laughs> like, it's a, it can be a really just like shitty, insecure environment mm. because a lot of comedy is born out of insecurity. And it would be like hanging, you know, as an actor or somebody who's done theater and shit, like, you know, it's like hanging out with theater people all day, every day can make you. Yeah, no, it makes me want to blow my brains out. <laughs> Yeah, or like I, hang I out took, on a I reality like, TV yeah. set. If I did, we were hanging I did out a, on a reality yeah. TV set, we'd go crazy. Yeah. No, I did fucking... I, I did like one semester of like theater uh, when I like started college. And I was just like, this is not for me. Oh. Like, because I, I remember being in this one theater class where uh, we didn't talk about anything pertinent to class the entire time. The students just like we just completely took over and like I was like, when's the professor going to like stop and just like be like, OK, so anyway, we're talking about Greek theater or something. Yeah. It never happened. No, we just, just it was it just like everybody was just fucking riffing and performing the entire fucking time. And I was like, I'm going to I'm going to kill myself. We're not going to learn shit. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I was like the kid. I was a theater major and I would hang out with my like I would just I was not. 24 7 hanging out with the theater kids and they yeah. couldn't fathom how i could be like that and i was just like i don't want to do this 24 7 like i can't do it but so i got disillusioned being around those personalities and then the pandemic you couldn't be around them and i kind of hate um instagram and I don't know. I just don't like that form of comedy. So it's like it removed all of the things that I don't. You know what I like? I like going on stage and doing my jokes, mm. having no expectation other than doing it for me. Not trying to get no fucking comedy festival. I'm yeah. not trying to get famous. I'm just trying to go up and kill because it makes me fucking feel good. Yeah. And once I started doing that, like I, my sets have gotten better and I want to bring the same thing to my fitness. It's like, this isn't for anybody else. This is self-care. This is for me. Yeah. And fuck everybody. Like I, I, and I, I've, it's been great, dude. I had like a, a dear friend of mine who's a standup. 
I w- went to his birthday party. I love him. Uh, I hate fucking birthday. Like, these standing and just drinking birthday parties without a fucking game on, without a <laughs> pool table. Right. And what are we just doing? Standing and talking about our career compliment- accomplishments or, like, running bullshit bits by each other. Like, I just don't have fun. Like, I don't like it. So I mm-hmm. left. I did 45 minutes, wished my homie a good birthday. Out. Yeah. And same thing after our shows. I love seeing like having like a 10 minute conversation with you about the max I can do in terms of socially with anybody. No, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm out. I said hi to you after that show that I came to. And then I talked. I I didn't talk to anybody else. I was like, oh, there's Casey. I've never actually introduced myself to Casey. And like, and was just like, not tonight. I can't. Like, I was just like, I'm like, I've had my. Some people love that shit, though. Like, I I, see these comics. That's the thing is, like, I do really like meeting and talking to comedians. That's half of that's half of why I do this fucking show. But like, I also it's got to be like right time and place. And also when I've just been been bombarded with like two hours of comedy, like then I'm just like, okay, cool. They gave me a lot to think about and. And like, that was a lot of input. And now I, I want to go like, go home and be with my dog. You know, like that's it. I, I just, yeah, I, I like talking with regular ass people. I hate fucking talking to the comics. <laughs> like, I don't like the community. So that was the thing <laughs> wow. that was a tough realization for yeah. me. And the community, I, I mean, seems very, it's a mixed seems, bag. Seems like a well, mixed it seems bag important best. though, to yeah. like the community that you're a part sure. of. And it's like, I don't. I like killing on stage. Yeah. I like audiences. I, yeah, I, I used to hate the audience. So this all could change. I used to fucking <laughs> hate the audience. Um, can you um, hold I think on there's got to be a problem. Can you yeah. hold on for one more second? I just want to, I need to check the roast. Flip the roast. Ooh, it's looking pretty good. <laughs> I got to lie. Um, Hell yeah, bro. I don't Yeah. I, uh, so we can, we can keep going for a minute, uh, if you want. Um, but, um, I also, I'm not sure like when they're going to like walk in <laughs> at this point, they're, they're due back at any second. I'm but, good if you're good, bro. Cool, man. Um, yeah. So I don't know, like the comedy community has been a thing that I've had to like, cause I mean, again, like I listen to a fuck ton of podcasts and then the more you listen to them, the more you start to like hear the like inner machinations and drama of the uh the community and then you know like because again like i i have to like be very careful with like the parasocial boundary that is there where like i will i as i've said like i'll have myself i'll think i'll catch myself thinking like oh i should like Here's a, here's a cool car. I should send a picture of that to my friend Diego. Here's a cool thing about like magic. He loves it. Here's though. a cool thing about like fucking King of the Hill. I should send this to Jake Flores, my buddy. They don't fucking know me. Like they don't like they they kind of know me. Like that's it. Like they are aware of who I People am. But they're not my appreciate fucking that friends. Shit. You know, like, don't be in your head about that. I get in my head about that. It's a thing. It's a it's a very serious like social get out of your awkwardness. Head about it. You're a good boy. Um, People oh, love you. Thank you. Thank you, man. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just like as I got like when I don't know, uh like as I listened to I listened to Why You Mad, um and like 
and you you talked about it with Luisa Diaz on your show too, like the the like crazy thing that happened with like uh, Lewis. Oh, and Jake like all, eating yeah, his own cum. Like, yeah, well, and that <laughs> shit too. Like, yeah, like all of that stuff is just like, you know, like sometimes I lament that like I'm not more in the community or that I didn't do more performing and then sometimes I'm like I wouldn't fucking I wouldn't be able to stand it like like if I had to like deal with that level of like online bullying and and trolls and shit like to be fair he Jake does like to poke the bear and egg people on and he likes that kind of conflict but They're, also it's mutually feeding it's each fucking, other it happens to people who don't want that you know like it happens it happens to people like it happens to people like fucking uh, Kate Willett, who like goes on a show and then just like all of a sudden, like she has people like fucking harassing her, sending her death threats, rape threats and shit. And like it's fucked up like and it's such a shitty like. Like she's. Again, I don't know her, but she does not seem like the type who like fucking wants to have drama like of that level and like start shit with mm. people like it just does not seem like that's the case and yet it comes to you and then like you're like this is my job these are my fucking co-workers and it's just like fucked up like you know and like the amount of t comics i talk to who are just like yeah like i know gavin mcginnis you know and like he just he used to be just like another fucking comic and now he's this like big time alt-right figure and you're like and what people the try to diminish his role in it and she's like no dude that guy fucking started the new nazis yeah well and like well, yeah he yeah he there's started, no diminishing they're, they're about fucking it. they're brown shirts dude like that's straight up what they are and it's i mean it's a double-edged sword because like i don't i do not want to diminish how fucked up all of that is and and how uh bad and toxic of a guy i think he is but also i think there's you know like people get thrown in with him just because they like you know he was on their podcast or something and like i know people who've had to, like he was on their podcast they had to delete that episode or like you know or, or like they have to like be very hush hush about like like I was on a show with We've him, had I was to deal with movie that. and stuff like, you know, like shit like that, where it's just like, you never fucking know, you know, who's going to turn out to be this like fucking crazy, like person. No, we've had to deal with that uh, as a show ourselves. I mean, it's like, you just don't know what, like, you know, we have controversial females on Karen mm -hmm. Feehan says awful things on the internet all day, every single day. <laughs> Um, she's a friend of ours and yeah. sometimes like we, that might come to it. I don't think that she's going to get to Gavin McGinnis levels, but we might have to reckon with some of the awful shit that she says at some point. Yeah. And you really got to pick and choose. You know, I think like a lot of people, it's funny when Patrice O'Neill died, yeah. you had comics all over the spectrum yeah. showing love. And it's like, there's some things that, I don't know. I'm he glad said, that I got it. Yeah, he said some shit I don't agree with for sure. Yeah, but yeah, but that was part of what made it funny. Yeah, is just how disagree. Like he knew he was poking the bear. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm glad. I just am glad that I I got out of the Twitter game early. I'm That's never right, going back. Twitter. 
I, I like Twitter. It. It's fun. I don't know. Like I, I like can't deal I like with talking it. too shit. much disagreement. Yeah, I mean it's it can be really fucked up, and it it definitely was not good for my mental health during, you know, like at certain times around the fucking election, around mm-hmm. like um you know like this past election and all of that stuff. Like it was really anxiety inducing. Like I was I was having like bad relationships, a bad relationship with it when. A uh, couple summers ago, when like Trump was like going toe to toe with North Korea, and like every other fucking tweet was just like, "Are we gonna get nuked today?" And I was just like, "I can't read about this. This is too fucking upsetting and like too fucked up." And like, you know, it it just it gets it's more that it's less the like fighting catty drama bullshit. It's more just like sometimes the world is a little too upsetting for me to have my finger right on the fucking pulse of it like you know like i remember being on it the night of the uh the riots last year um and you know that was crazy i i used to live in minneapolis my sister still lives there a lot of my friends live there i shopped at that fucking cup foods where um where george floyd was killed you know and so like it was it was all like very real, like seeing like everything happening there and like, you know, the tear gas and this fire and like and just being like, oh, this is, you know, it, it was like that is where it gets me where I'm just like, I have to turn this off and stop engaging with it. But not so much just like, you know, people being assholes. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's all it's all the same shit to me. It's just negativity. Mm. And I don't need anything. I think I've got an inner uh inner sadness that i don't need anything <laughs> i don't need to spark any kerosene on that yeah fair enough i have to really keep myself safe from the world at large fair enough fair enough um so this is this is another thing that i know about you uh <laughs> that is how do i put this um just put it okay <laughs> well <laughs> Uh, well, because, you know, I, I listen to your podcast. I learn all these things about you. Mm. I learn you're uncircumcised. <laughs> Me too. Indeed, what up? Yeah, dude. <laughs> fucking. <laughs> it's a thing. Um, you know, turtleneck club. Bald and uncircumcised. I know. That's a weird combo, right? Because you could just like, <laughs> you could wear a turtleneck and like be part of your, you know, just and just have like kind of like a mini me situation. It shouldn't be awkward, bro. We got the numbers. Fuck everybody. I know. Worldwide, we do. But like in our country, in our generation, it's a whole fucking thing, right? I don't know. I don't know what your experience is about this. This is why I wanted to bring this up. This is why I wanted to ask you. Um, It's a thing of deep, deep shame. Yeah? (laughs) Go on. I grew up in a 65% Jewish uh, school. Okay, well, there you go. So I was constantly hiding. Um, don't want anybody to see it. And I would hear people having conversations about how gross foreskins were, assuming that I was circumcised. And that's when I was just like, oh, this is something to be deeply, deeply ashamed about. On the flip, I dated a girl for three years who never knew that I was uncircumcised. Okay. This has happened to me before, not for three years. You were you, this is a high school were, relationship. So every time I pulled my uh, dick out, it was hard. Okay. So she like didn't see me like 
it wasn't like we were living together. So she didn't see right. soft dick that much, right. but I think I probably pulled it up <laughs> to uh, not just, I, cause I just don't want the questions. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you have to read somebody the entire history of fucking uncircumcision, uncircumcised dicks where you're just like, well, actually, you know, Americans didn't start widely circumcising yeah. until World War One. And that was because of trench rot. Yeah. And you have to you don't want to have to be that guy. So I was just like, let's just sidestep this entire conversation. Yeah. Um, but she called me three years after we broke up. It was on one of those Thanksgiving weekends where everybody got together and was drinking. And I was with another girl. I wasn't at home. Yeah. And how old were you? Oh, my God. Are you uncircumcised? I was 24. (laughs) And she called me. And I was just like, yeah. That was the first thing that she said when you picked up the phone. On a Saturday morning at like (laughs) 10 in the morning. Okay. And what was your response? I was like, yeah. (laughs) And? You didn't fucking know. And you would make these judgments, but you don't fucking know. Yeah. Half these people don't fucking know. Half these people don't fucking know. And we got the numbers worldwide. Yeah. Uh, If people think that there's problems with male behavior, particularly in the United States, I'm not, (laughs) I might make some outlandish claims here, Mm -hmm. but uh, if you think that men are callous and uh, making bad decisions, what do you think that could be attributed to? Do you think that it's because they have a dead callus thing on the tip? They don't have any nerve endings <laughs> at their penis. If we were circumcising clits in this country, yeah. do you know how inhumane people would find that? When you have a circum- uncircumcised penis, it's a clit for your dick. You can come in multiple ways. You have more sensitivity. Mm-hmm. It's a goddamn shame. It's a goddamn travesty. Does it look great? No, I'll give you that. Sure. It's ugly. But is it more humane? Absolutely, all day, every day. Yeah, there is that. Um, Do you ever see the Adam Conover, like Adam ruins everything about about circumcision? Mm-mm. It was um, it was like a short web video he did. I don't. I think it was like before he was on like True TV or anything. I'm not sure. I just saw it on the internet. Um, but he he brought up that point where he was talking about how like the guy like the you know the counter guy was like well but it looks weird with you know with with the with the foreskin it looks weird and then he's just like he makes the point like it girls think dicks look weird anyway (laughs) here's my experience is that i developed all this complex and all of this shame about it and was Mm -hmm. just like so uh nervous and in my head about it where like you know the first time i was like with somebody when i was like unveiling it like every time i was just like oh god like are they gonna like scream or whatever um (laughs) you know and i would like fucking like sneak off into the bathroom and like wash my dick in the sink just to like make sure that it was like all like it was very clean which honestly i think is you should do that anyway you should do that anyway no you're about like you brush your your teeth before you fuck it you have some gum or brush your teeth before you make out with somebody right if a nice young lady or man is gonna you know put his mouth on your johnson wash it like that's that's just manners but anyway it never really came up as a negative like no. and like I would I would like sometimes be so nervous if I was like with a girl and she was really hot or whatever and like I was like all just like what am I doing with this super hot girl 
and I'd just be like, is it, is it okay? Like, is it like a big deal? Like, do you, do you care? And they were just like, what? <laughs> it's fine. What the fuck are you, what? You know, like, they just like thought it was like silly, like every time, you know, or, you know, it just, it never was an issue. <laughs> it never was an issue. Girls don't fucking care about No, that. it's an issue for dudes. It's dudes. It's a dude Straight issue. men trying to emasculate other straight men. Yeah. And I, it's something, if you want to get, like, self-esteem around it, gay guys will fucking, like, sometimes they'll have opinions about dicks, but, like, they're, like, dick connoisseurs, so they can appreciate true. a beautiful cut dick, and they can talk <laughs> eloquently about uncut cocks that they like, too. And so you, you can learn a wide spectrum, like... There's a time and place for everything. Mm. Um, you know, I think that it's this weird thing. I've, I I do think sometimes I has bummed girls out just a little bit, not to where they're like, oh my god, right, right. But I can see you can see they're kind of like, oh, like oh, yeah, uh, sure, okay. But it's not a but, deal breaker. Well, I'm so fantastic that yeah. they're gonna get over it. Sure, you know, sure. Yeah. But I do wish, like, you know, I, I've all this to say that I do wish that I was circumcised. You do wish would that it you cause... Yeah, I, I it... mean, like, I think about that all the time, too. Just, like, would I have, like, had so much fucking insecurity? Would I have all of this, like, would I have had to just, like, you know, like, fuck my way through half of New York to, like, alleviate my, like, uns like my, my insecurity about all this shit? If, like, I had just, like, believed when I was coming of age as a teenager that, like, I had a normal body and a normal dick and I'm, like, an okay person. And like, I I'm think it, it started all of my body insecurities. It started there. Okay. I think maybe we're on the same page. I think, like, I think a lot of it stems from that. And, like, the, I, I'm... Because in so the back of my mind, I'm always just, like... If I get these abs and I have this perfect body, I've still got this weird fucking dick. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and it fucking sucks, man. Uh, yeah, what I don't know. Fuck? It's just it, it like I get I go back and forth between being mad at the world that like this is the standard, you know, or like not even the world, America. I want to make clear, you know, contemporary America. And I will also add that it's falling out of vogue, you know, even in the United States, like our generation, yeah, it's did like the norm. Did you watch How To with John Wilson? I did. I fucking love it. <laughs> it's so good. The DC Tuggers? Yeah, well, that's the other thing, is that, like, I don't want to be one of the fucking guys with the white <laughs> pants and the blood stain who's, like, holding up signs and, like, this is a travesty. And it's just, like, <laughs> not, like, if you're nah, doing it that. it sucks. <laughs> it sucks, but, like... If that's I don't want to ride for it. If like, that's I wanna... like, I hope you're going out into the street for like a billion other things. If you're doing that, bro, you know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? Like, I really Children hope... are dying. Yeah, <laughs> let's tackle some bigger things, and then we'll get we'll circle back around to foreskin. How about you know, like <laughs> it's just like, can we not? You know, but I, I go I do back think, and forth. Though, like, I think it influences personality. Sure, I think that circumcised guys are softer, sensitive people. Hmm. Because they have more of a sensitive instrument. Uh, uncircumcised so, guys are. Yes. Okay. I think that uh, I've never met an uncircumcised man that wasn't a good listener. I'm going to ah. tell you that. Yeah, you know, interesting. I um, so think about how much antidepressants. Um, this is like my whole theory of life. Uh-huh. Like, is your, your dick is just so much more responsible than you are, and you can't even consciously do it but when you're on antidepressants you can't fucking nut mm. right 
Uh, I've had yeah, that issue, but not not so much now. I'm I'm on antidepressants, and I'll know. Okay, yeah, well, I can do it. You can not. Okay. Well, I think that there is a intimate connection between the tip of your penis and mm-hmm. your brain, mm-hmm. regardless if you can nut or not on antidepressants. Okay. And I think that when you remove nerve endings and you callus them over that it has major impacts on personality Mm. and it causes risk-taking behavior. It causes a general callousness towards uh, ladies. Cause like, you're just trying to get that thing some lubrication cause it's fucking dry and dead on the end of it. Whereas me, I'm chilling in the cut. I'm listening to everything. I'm a fucking good fucking guy because I got a hood on my dick. And like all of these fucking school shooters and shit, I bet they're all fucking circumcised <laughs> fucking guys. What's what's the we got? There's no philosophy behind it. With Judaism, there's like a, a spirituality and a uh-huh. religion behind you getting your dick cut. These other guys who aren't like in a spiritual tradition, right? Just it was just walking the around and like, what guy the fuck? Hundred years ago, they said yeah. you have to cut your dick off. Yeah. yeah. There's no fucking thousand year tradition of Jews before you. Like, mm. it's just like some guy in a hospital cut off your fucking shit. Cause fuck? his, yeah, because his dad said so, because his dad said so. Yeah, it's it's all very weird. I it's, you know, like I've thought this thought and immediately thought that it was like really silly and stupid, um, but I'll just share it. I have <laughs> thought that being uncircumcised has like like you're saying has maybe helped me develop empathy around just like even how i yeah how i listen to women because i hear the things that are said about women's bodies um you know particularly mm-hmm. like their genitals and how they're like you know like all like the fish thing and all of that shit is just like or gross like beef curds yeah and like shit. all of that like shaming around like how they're supposed to look and like all of that stuff and like i felt like Oh, that's like they're I've heard that shit and it's not cool. And it like it doesn't make people feel good. And like, you know, and like just, yeah, maybe you're on to something with that. Because I was just like, you know, or or like, I mean, just like anybody with, you know, I don't know, a, a, a weird piece, you know, like if it's <laughs> small or, or curved or whatever, you know, like it's just, you know, like that there's so much stock put in that. And then the, the le- levels of toxic masculinity that make you feel like if if that's not right, then you're not right as a man, you know, and then it's this whole thing, like just cascades your entire sense of self. I got to tell you, so I did the first naked show ever. Mm-hmm. This is a stand up show where you perform naked. Yes. Yeah. It was the first one ever done in New York City. Sold fucking out show. I mean, like 150 people, um, photographers there from like Vice wow. and shit. Big deal. I got booked the week before on a dare. And this is probably when I'd had as much heat as I'd ever had in comedy. And first of all, I was wild hungover. And I was so nervous. So it's me and all the other dudes. You disrobe at the front of the show. And then we're all back there it's only backstage. Dudes? Well, no, there's three girls and like four dudes. Mm-hmm. And we're all like trying to fluff our pieces up. <laughs> How? So never what's see what's the temperature of the before. room? It was they summer. Keep, they keep it. They it keep was it warm June. In there? Okay. 
Now they keep it warm because you know you don't want to be hot. Right. But I mean, all of our dicks were like shrunk. Sure. And so we're just talking to each other and like subtly beating off. It's like you never seen your friend naked before, and then all of a sudden, like you're just all playing with our dicks in the back. And I fucking go out, and uh, I'm wearing a robe, a disrobe, but I had the foreskin pulled up, and uh, the coup de gras of my whole set, I was killing, bro. Uh-huh. And I felt like shit. I had taken like a quarter of a Viagra that was making my heart go. <laughs> so your face is all red and shit. Oh, I look bad, <laughs> but I am killing. Yeah. And I had it pulled up and then my coup de gras at the end was to pull it down. Drop the curtain. And bomb. <laughs> oh no. I should have killed. No, because it was me touching my dick and then touching the microphone again. Also, uh, uncircumcised dicks bump people out. Uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> wow. So it was an experience that should have been super empowering for me. Yeah. It was not. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, dude, I'm sorry that backfired on you. That's Because that sounds like that could have been... Like, I was waiting for this to be a triumphant moment. And it wasn't. <laughs> it was just bad. It was awkward. No, 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 no. But now... You know, five, six years removed. Now you trauma. get your dick out on stage all the time and it kills. <laughs> I don't care. I'm about, this is going to be my new hour. He's just talking about being uncircumcised. All right. We have to wrap up, but this was fucking great, right. man. Um, can it, it, can you drop your plugs? Uh, people want to yeah, find, find you. Find me at will.the.winner. Find my podcast at good. Oh, find me at will.the.winner on Instagram. Good dad and ugly pot on Instagram. Uh, and go to my show at Littlefield every Monday at 8 p.m. It's Littlefield in Gowanus. That's on Sackett Street. Hell yeah. Well, this was great, man. Thank you. Thanks, bro. Thank you once again to Will Winner for being on the show. Cool ass dude. Like that guy a lot. Um, Check out his show. Check out The Good, The Dad, and The Ugly. Check out The Big Weird at Littlefield every Monday. Um, he, You know whole fucking network of just really incredible talent coming through that show so uh check it out do check it out uh follow me brad pearson at uh bradical pearson on both instagram and twitter follow the show self worst uh at self worst on instagram uh, you can get updates about the show and some nice uh dank depression memes and uh that's about it. Music is by Shay Bartell. Thank you, Shay. Uh, once again, patreon.com slash selfworst. Please rate and review on iTunes. Uh, give us a rating. You can write whatever you want in the review, honestly, so long as there's it, it, it's it's there's writing in there. It doesn't really matter. It boosts it either way. So just write, write a thing. Just do it. Be cool. Come on. All right. Uh, that's it. I'm going to get out of here and uh, go eat more Oreos. Hope you're having a good week. Until next time, go out and fail. It's good for you. Bye.